Hello and welcome to Rusted Junk Season 6. Yes, it's sequel time and we couldn't do Beverly Hills Cop 2, which we did a couple of weeks ago, a couple of podcasts ago, without doing Lethal Weapon 2. And for those of you expecting Amanda, who aren't listeners, uh, unfortunately she's not well. So, Joe has donned his Superman cape, rushed to the rescue and is here to take take a place. Um. I was about to say, I hope you're as funny, but I think you're slightly funnier. So I yeah. think so. I don't know. It's a different dynamic, isn't it? Really, with what do you mean? I'm funny. <laughs> oh, we may we may get to that. Um, but anyway, what are we we are doing today? What are we doing today? I've just said we're doing Little Weapon Two, uh, 1989, Little Weapon Two, uh, starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Joe Pesci, Patsy Kensit, Josh. A- there's loads. There's loads. We're going to have a great roll call. But anyway, here's the trailer. Who in? Police, open up. How do I know you're the police? After I shoot you through the door, you can examine the bullet. Open up. Mel Gibson. Danny Glover. Come on, let's go, Rod. Oh, no, we shit. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Come on, Rod. Don't be a killjoy. Oh, come on, we're back. We're bad. You're black. I'm mad. Come on, man. Hey, 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 listen. If we're going, shouldn't I have a gun? No. no. Now, get ready for something lethal. I'm surprised you haven't heard about me. You know, I got a bad reputation. I mean, sometimes I just go nuts like now. <laughs> because the magic Gun! is back. Come on, got the window, Are you all right, man? Yeah, I'm okay. Where were you, man? You're my partner or what? Why didn't you follow me down? Yeah, why didn't you follow him down? Shut up, I'm seven floors up! Lethal Weapon 2. You go first, I'm really too old for this. You go first, I'll cover you. Eeny, meeny, miny. Good police work, officer. Come on. No. Back to my place. Hey, I'll even cook. You're lucky. I have to live with that. You're not going to make it. I'm going to make it. No, there's not enough room. You were right, you know. Yeah, there, there wasn't enough room. Lethal Weapon 2. This time, they're not taking any crap. Just get off me, man. I don't want anybody to see us like that. <laughs> Welcome, Joe. Uh, it's, it's very good to be back. And I wish Amanda was here and I hope that she recovers soon and we get a, a Wang Bang sequel that you guys will be talking about next time. Wang, a Wang Bang. Well, I can't promise that. But I mean, um, the idea was we were supposed to go back to sitting across each other from a table, but we couldn't make it work. So we'd have to zoom anyway. I can't figure out how to make it work without Echo. So anyway, something I've got but to... I, well, you'll get there. I think you will. You I'll know. get there. I've already been doing it for three years. I, I I did want to say, I don't know how the hell that toilet was able to remain intact after that explosion in the trailer. Presumably in the it was pushed. It was pushed from the back. It was but just still, propelled into the air. You're right. But, but toilets are not indestructible. But toilets are pretty uh, robust. And it was pretty clean too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I don't think he. I think he did. He probably <laughs> his pants so many times. Was he there for like eight hours or so? Yeah, yeah. He. Well, he how definitely... many times did he get to the toilet in eight hours? Well, no, no. I'm talking about that. He was stuck there for eight hours. He had to have gone. I mean, he probably went as soon as he saw that little message on the toilet paper. Um. Anyway, we'll get to that, right? Well, crikey, yeah. Well, we will. 
Um, the trailer. I love the trailer. The trailer is is a is a is a classic eighties. It's wonderful. It's a classic eighties trailer. It's like yeah, no, you know, shakedown. You you get shakedown, and then you think, oh, it's Beverly Hills Cop two, and then you get Lethal Weapon two, and you're like, oh, sequels. The eighties was good for us for sequels. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. Uh, I was telling my friend that I was doing this podcast with you, hmm. and he went, "Don't do something." It. Oh yeah. no, no, he's excited, you know, because uh, he was a big fan of the Lethal Weapon series, and. I said, damn, there were a lot of sequels back then. You know, it's like we had sequels in the 70s, like like you would know with Jaws yeah. and Rocky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Godfather. Godfather. But 80s were on fire, I think, when it came to sequels. And uh, I, I remember seeing this trailer in the in the movie theater. That's how we used to get our trailers back then. You know, we didn't have internet. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't show much on TV. Yep. And it was exciting because, you know, it's like everybody seemed to love the first one. And this looked like some more fun having them back together. Perfect combination for hopefully a, a really good action flick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, oh, he says, hopefully. Whoops. Uh, I don't know what might be coming here. But uh, um, I, I, my fond memories are that I took a girl that was at my the public school that my mum worked at. And mum arranged a date for me uh, with Kirsty Youngman. And oh, you're gonna mention her name? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, oh Kirsty, wow. if you, Kirsty, if uh, by any chance that you're uh, one of our listeners, then yes, I do remember seeing you. Better say good. You better say oh, good she was, things about she her. Was, she was lovely. She was she was lovely. She was beautiful. She was funny. She was smart. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but you know, I was 17, so. Yes, puppy puppy dog eyes. I, I looked at her with, but anyway, let's not get to that. Anyway, you're the guest. Shall we? Tell me, tell me, tell me your school. I've got Amanda's school, by the way. So oh, I can cool. do I can do that in the middle. So tell tell me your school. So yeah, I haven't seen this in a long, long time. Probably not this century. <gasps> this is like the first time I've seen it in a very long time. Right. Um, and I will say it's it's a good popcorn action movie that you know you want to go and see in the theaters and have a good time i don't think the story is that great i think at times the acting is uh, you know some some do better than others i'll just say no uh, i i really feel i was kind of surprised i i felt that danny glover was a much better actor in this one than mel gibson okay i, I felt like mel gibson was just fooling around for the most part um you know he he kind of reminds me of like some of these actors that we have now. Uh and it's a it's a bad comparison. But you know, say like Brad Pitt or um Leonardo DiCaprio, where he's got they have followings of female viewers that want to see their movies. Yeah. But sometimes they're just not there, you know. Uh and guys, I guess, want to be them, you know, women want to make love to them and guys just want to look like them, I guess. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, that guy was, I'd say pretty lucky back then. Uh, you know, he was, he was a good looking guy. He he was good at comedy, you know, for sure. And, hmm. and he, he did do a couple of dramatic movies where, where he was good too, but I don't know. I, I was, I, I felt the first one was better than this one. Okay. 
And, um, but still, like, you know, the, the bottom line is when you go see a movie, you want to be entertained. And I think for the most part, people walked out of that movie entertained. Hmm. Uh, I kind of, the story sometimes for me is all over the place. And there's a lot of inconsistencies and the suspension of disbelief things. But I would give it a, uh, a six out of ten. Houses. I'll have a sharp, get gas, sharp and take a breath, uh, probably to the podcast <laughs> for that one. That's not that bad. Six that out of ten. Terrible, Joe. Well, I, well, I, I, I guess yours is going to be higher. It is. Um, Amanda's score was eight out of ten. No way. Yes. I, what's going on with me? And she Amanda? gave. She gave Lethal Weapon eight. She gave Lethal Weapon two. She said it is no better or no worse. Um, she that's loved, a high score. That's yeah, yeah. That's a high score for her. Yeah. I mean, um, when you when you say no better or no worse. That's not like a. She can't uh, put a cigarette paper between the two. She's like they're they're both good in their own right, for different reasons. Okay, I, I to me it made it sound like that wasn't a blazing recommendation. Oh no, you know? no, she loved it. Genuinely loved it. Chortling the way through it because uh, we watched it last week in preparation for doing for recording Sunday, but we've had to put flat pack furniture up, which was oh. anyway. And then she wasn't well anyway. Anyway, um, the one thing that she pointed out that she didn't like was Mel Gibson's um, reluctance to perform CPR on Patsy Kensett. And I went, well, she'd been dead for a while. Yeah, I would assume she was dead for a while. For a long time. And he goes, well, you, you don't know that, do you? Who goes, well, you've got to trust his judgment that it wouldn't be worth his, wouldn't be worth his time. You would have to have a lot of oxygen in his lungs to bring her back from the dead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, oh, you're going to hate me, Joe. <laughs> nah, I never hate you. No, I know, but I'm giving it 10. No, 10? I'm giving it 10, and, I'm, and I'll justify why. Because I gave Beverly Hills Cop a 9, Beverly Hills Cop 2 a 9. Um, I... W- when I went to the look right around the sort of films of that era, I want to go to the cinema. And as you rightly pointed out, I want to go and be entertained. I want something that's going to capitalize. It's going to take some of the really good things from the original and it's going to enhance them. It's going to make them better. There is, I think lethal weapon, the first one, as I, as we pointed out in the podcast, go back and listen to, to what I thought about that. I thought that's damn near perfect. Cause I just think it introduces these really complex characters while still giving you a good story. Lethal Weapon 2, admittedly, goes, let's let's be a bit more sort of adventurous, a bit more jokey, less dark. But it gives you exactly what you wanted on the tin. And no, it's not skewed by the fact I was with Kirsty Youngman. Again, mentioned her again, just in case YouTube picks it up. Um, but I, 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 remember, I, I remember exactly where I sat in the cinema. And it wasn't just because I was on a date. It was because I genuinely came out of that film, as you said, with a big smile on my face going, that's what I want. I've seen Ghostbusters 2. That was dreadful. I've seen this. This is amazing. This is great. It takes all of the best bits 
and tweaks them and make them a little better. So, but that reason to, alone, did you want to see it again right away? Yeah, I did. Genuinely, yeah, I, d- I genuinely wanted to watch three and then four, um, and then we'll talk about five. Um, Is it five? Oh right. Oh okay. Oh, I realised I forgot to send you stuff to watch. All right, okay, never mind. Uh, we'll discuss it when we get to the uh, when we get to that. So there you go. You have got three scores. You've got a six, an eight, and a ten. What did you give Lethal Weapon? Uh, a nine. No way. Yeah. Well, Joe, because well, I mean, I feel no, like no. My point is, you can't give Lethal Weapon two a higher score than Lethal Weapon one. Of course, you can. It's a better sequel. It's a sequel. It's not well. A... It's a it's a better film as a sequel. It's a better film. It's like actually, I was about to say it's like Aliens and Alien. They're both tens. Um, Beverly Hills Cop is better than is better than Beverly Hills Cop Two, which is why Beverly Hills Cop gets a ten, and Beverly Hills Cop Two gets a nine. But but they're 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 wonderful films. They're the reason why. I mean. It wasn't what I thought of when I when I set it up because I thought Lethal Weapon Two isn't a forgotten film, but I suppose it is because again, you you walk to, you know if you walk up to the anyone under thirty and go, what do you think of the Lethal Weapon films? And plus, by the way, Mel Gibson is a bona fide one hundred percent movie star. He's he's done some duffers. He did some duffers shortly after this film. A year later, he go and make. Bird on a Wire with Goldie Horde, which is possibly one of the worst films of the 90s. And it would have been the 80s if it fell in that. But it's it's a dreadful film. It, it should just be called Goldie Horde Screams a Lot because there's nothing really that, that happens. It's so contrived. And he made Tequila Sunrise with Michelle Pfeiffer and Kurt Russell. How can you mess that up? Yes, they all messed it up. Spoiler alert. Don't go and watch Tequila Sunrise. So he's not perfect. But Tom Cruise has made some duffers. And and he's a he's a fantastic movie star, and you think Mel Gibson plays the movie star role well, very well, and the fact that you know he had his um, the thing I was supposed to send you, which is Robert Downey Jr. Uh, was being honoured at, at a, a, fest, I don't know, a festival about six seven years back, and he basically gone. Mel Gibson was the guy that gave me the break. And he says, yeah, and he said, I'd one, seen that. and he said, all I ask, all I ask, is one day you pay it, pay it forward, and you you do the same for another person. And he goes, little did I know it would be ba- it would be you, Mel. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, and it, he's back. You know, I mean, we'll talk about we'll talk about the other lethal weapons after roll call, but it's just a good movie. It's just a great movie star, and I got what I wanted from this film, and I couldn't have asked for more. And and Patsy Kensett. Anyway, let's get to uh, let's get to roll call, shall we? Roll Hit. call. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. he's doing it again. See, <laughs> you invite him on. I mean, Dom did the same. Dom tried roll call, and look how that worked. Did a spooky roll call. Anyway, here's roll call. Roll call. See, I can't even say it right now. Roll call. Roll call. Thank you very much. Right. Let's start with the the Gibster. Um. Favorites, favorites. Uh... Oh, I will tell you, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, Braveheart. Uh, wow. Okay, I didn't think it was going to be that I, on the list. I mean, if I was in your body and I gave Lethal Weapon two a ten, I'd have to give Braveheart a twelve. 
full of historical inaccuracies. Just how, well, that's, just how, that's just how the Americans like it. Yeah, there you go. I'm okay. <laughs> Makes you dislike you just a little bit more, and I enjoy myself. I'm fine with that. Then the, we're, we're both right and possibly both wrong. I don't know. But, what uh, do you give Braveheart? What do you give Braveheart? Braveheart? Five. And I'll be Jesus. lucky to get a five. Oh, man. I would so much rather be stuck on an island with Braveheart than Lethal Weapon 2. No, oh, no way. No way. God, I have to watch that. I mean, it rewrites, totally rewrites history. What's the point in that? Next, you're going to say, oh, and I really love The Patriot. Do you have a poster of Longshanks on your wall somewhere? Of what? Of, of Longshanks. Isn't Longshanks? Longshanks? He was the bad guy. He was the king. There you go. The no, trouble find... with Scotland. This is too many Scots. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I should. <laughs> oh, man. You got to be careful. And with uh, who is the one you went to the movie theater with? Christy Yamaguchi or something? Yeah, or Kirsty Youngman. Oh, okay. Three times now. I don't know why I've mentioned it three times. She's worth it. Um, it was a long time ago now. Uh, anyway, Mel Gibson, Gallipoli, Mad Max, of course, uh, The Bounty. Uh, we've got Lethal Weapon 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. 5, he announced uh, last year while he was on stage. Oh, so it's coming. When he was over here. Uh, and basically, Richard Donner had written the screenplay. Uh, he got three quarters of the way through before he sadly passed away. Uh, but he was 90. Um, mm. And he basically said to, to Mel said, Oh, if you ever finish it or something like that, then I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but he never really thought anything of it until he passed away. And then his wife said, you did say you would do lethal weapon five. You did say you'd star in it and direct it. And so he announces live on stage, like an interview style format. Um, he announces it live. You can go see that on YouTube. It's pretty cool because then he said, who's is Danny Glover? Oh yeah. But Danny Glover's back. And if you go on IMDB and type in lethal weapon five, you will see a promo shot of them both in the front of the cop car. Oh really? Okay. I'll check that out. So yeah, it's coming now as for the, the other lethal weapons. I love three. Four was, yeah. I never saw four with Jet Li. Yeah. It looked too family orientated. Oh, it definitely wasn't. No, no, it was the Yakuza. Definitely wasn't family. No, but was it Renee Russo? Was she the love interest in it? She was was in three. She was the love interest. She started in three and they're together in four. But yeah, were they, was she pregnant or something or were they getting married? Any testing? I don't know. Jet Jet Li was in it. That's all I can remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I never saw it. Okay. Um, but because he's got a, a relationship with Rich Donner, he's done conspiracy theory with him and Maverick. Maverick is a great film. Is it? James Garner and Mel Gibson. I never seen Jodie Foster. It is so worth watching. It's it's good. It's very good. Um, but then what? Two years after this, he cuts his a- acting chops in uh, Hamlet, and I have a high bar for Hamlet because it's my favourite Shakespeare character. Uh, and I thought he did brilliantly, aided I, by a really good cast. I liked that version of Hamlet. I thought yeah. he did a good job. Got yeah, Glenn I, Close, you've got Ian Holm, you've got um, Alan Bates. Wonderful, 
wonderful. Um, of course, <coughs> films like Payback, uh, which is very good. Uh, what Women Want, Signs. His, he was Rocky, the voice of Rocky and Chicken Run, the Ardman animation film. Signs was very good. Signs was very good. Um, as was Ransom. Ransom was very good. Um, uh, he was in Expendables 3 and Daddy's Home 2. And I know he's in a lot of, not straight to video, but kind of like that. Not as bad as Bruce Willis, but not far off. His career is on life support. And unfortunately, and- a lot of that was due to the controversy with uh yes uh, first with the police and then with his his ex-wife yes yeah um it, you know and again it's hard to kind of defend the guy you know i mean some parts i did but i i you know when you hear the tapes it, it's rough and uh, i can understand people not wanting to work with them mm. Uh, I do think he had some issues that he definitely had to work through, but I will say, you know, again, there, it doesn't mean that it, because of the things he said or the things that he, he did that I'll never watch another Mel Gibson movie again. Yes. I mean, I'm like that with um, Kevin Spacey. I mean, I love American beauty and uh, yeah, that's grateful. You can't tell me not to watch specific movies because of how actors may have behaved, hmm. but I think, well, I think like most things, I think you've got to separate sometimes. Um, there's a phrase, obviously, that I've used plenty of times on the podcast, which is never meet your heroes. Mm. Because always have that wonderful memory, whatever it was, whatever they did, however they entertained you, however they moved you, made you laugh, whatever. Um, just have that wonderful memory, uh, which is why I just don't like celebrities opening their mouths and coming out with whatever, on on, for, on whatever topic. I'd rather it be beautifully and blissfully ignorant about what what they what they stand for because it never ends well. It never guides somebody onto one thing or another, unless they're advertising a watch or whiskey or a Pepsi or something like that. You know, maybe that does does something, but I don't want to hear what their views are because as soon as you do that, you instantly marginalise a lot of people. And. You know, I do know about Mel Gibson's private life. I know about Tom Cruise's private life. Thanks to the internet and thanks to social media, we know most people's private lives and the sorts of things that they go through. Um, And I think that's for the worse. I honestly think that the mystery of the film star, the mystery of the the, the person that has touched you in that way, um, is that probably a bad, bad word to use, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, as I, I, I preferred the mystery and all this openness is just, I just think, am I allowed to like Whoopi Goldberg in Guinan, as Guinan in Star Trek The Next Generation? And a, a, a film I watched in 1986 called Jumping Jack Flash, which I genuinely enjoyed. And I just think you've got to separate the person from the yeah. thing that, 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 that you do. So I don't have any qualms in going back and listening to, I, I, I saw some people wince in the cinema when I went to see Joker and they played, um, uh, rock and roll part two by Gary Glitter. Right. You can't mention his name over here. You, you can't mention his name over here. It's just, it's, it's like mentioning Jimmy Savile's name. It just cannot be done. Right. But when that comes on, do I think it's a great song? It's a great song. Yeah. I hate that song. Um, well, they, I know they, they only because you play it baseball all the time. 
No, we play at the end of a hockey game. Right. And I just never got it. It just sounded like weird groaning. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know the full story and, and you don't have to, you know, he's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. No, I, I, I heard yeah. he wasn't. And they did ban that from a lot of sporting events because mm-hmm. it was a very popular song, which that's a situation where I'm glad they did just because I can't stand the song, but <laughs> right. well, it's well in Joker though. Anyway, Danny Glover. <sighs> so you not, not as much. I like him. I mean, I think he's great as, as Murtar, but I've not seen the color. I've, I've not seen the color purple. Um, I've got bat no. 21 with Gene Hackman. I remember that being quite good. I hope I get this right. I, I think Sorry. he was in wit- Witness. Was he in Witness? Uh, no. Nah, was he? No. Nah. I, well, I didn't see if he was. That's a good shout. Okay. Real quick, but uh, I right. could be wrong if I'm wrong. Uh, no, if you are, you're doing a sort of Lance yeah. Fishburne, Samuel L. Jackson. I'm yeah, like, I am. <laughs> oh, dear. Come uh, on, Joe. Sa- save your skin. Is it? Drum roll. Don't, Harrison don't, Ford was uh, in it. Well, I know that. Kelly McGillis was in it, yeah. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Well, there. Uh, that's the bad guy. I am redeemed. You are redeemed. I take it all back. I never said anything, so I have nothing to take back. Okay. Um, Predator 2. Yeah, yeah. I liked him in Predator 2. I, I did. did. Predator I like 2 gets a bad rap, and it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, he plays a tow truck driver in Grand Canyon. <coughs> uh, he's also in Maverick. Uh, probably shouldn't have said that. It's a bit of a cameo, but he's in he's in Maverick. Is he? Yeah. Uh, oh no, that that Maverick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, not top, not Top Gun Maverick. No. Okay. Uh, he was the president in the John Cusack starring disaster film 2012, and more recently he's been in Jumanji: The Next Level. Okay. Yeah. You know, and again, he's, uh, I, I don't know if I should say this, but uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of some of the things that he said. And and uh, one thing that bothered me, and I'm it's kind of like a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. Okay. And uh, I don't like that. I mean, I'm from New York and, you know, but I still watch his movies. It's not like it's like I'll never yeah. watch his movies again. You know, again, like you said, you have to separate the person from the actor and the role, you know. You do. You do, because then, you know. Um, like when I'm, Joaquin Phoenix wins the Oscar for Best Actor for Joker and he starts telling us not to drink milk. milk. Yeah, about what we're doing. Are we messing with cows? I don't think yeah. I can say the word. It begins with yeah. R. Yeah, <laughs> just just shut up and sit down and exactly. I just yeah. I don't. The best political commentators over here, we have a lot of them, and if you work on the BBC, pretty much left wing, right? So it's, I I don't know any right of centre presenters on the BBC, but the greatest ones that we had, you, you had. I was about to say Dan Rather, but he's he's exposed himself. But the Cronkites. You know the Peter Jennings and the people like that. You didn't know where they stood, and we yep. had we had you know Robin Day over here and and people like that. We're just like, I I don't know, I don't know what the politics are. 
because one hand they're criticizing them and then they're criticizing the other side and then and you're like that's how it should be can we just get back to that joe that'd be great where people actually just did news rather than oh and here's my feelings and oh anyway that's going on off a whole different rant which we've done plenty of times before go and listen to me on joe's podcast we we have probably yeah. exhausted this but i'm sure there's mileage in it um on to joe pesci raging bull Mm. Easy money with Rodney Dangerfield. (laughs) Um, The bad guy in Moonwalker. In no particular order, but yes, he was. Pulled that out. (laughs) Um, Goodfellas, of course. Um, Talking to me? No, wrong one. Um, But yeah, he's just brilliant. Casino. Uh, Betsy's Uh, Wedding. My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to tell you Home Alone 1 and 2 yeah I'm going to tell you something I thought he wasn't very good in this wait a minute okay 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 you're going to tell me you're going to tell me why he's brilliant in this I I can't believe that that guy that was in this movie is the same guy that did gave the performance in in Goodfellas great actor no no he, he had a great performance in Goodfellas and casino this one he was just annoying which i guess the character was supposed to be but i just didn't like him like i said i thought he was too annoying um a year of... later he's playing harry in home alone and then a year after that he's playing um in goodfellas and you're just like this guy can switch from one thing to the other and we and we, we don't we don't nothing nothing takes his previous performance doesn't influence the next one well, my point is, I just I, maybe I just didn't like the character. Uh, I just I I found him just very annoying. I would rather him not have been in the movie. Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe's taking some grumpy pills today. Like switch him out with Bill Murray. You let him play that role. All right. Well, yeah, we can. Well, when we play fantasy lethal weapon, then yeah, I'm sure we'll come up with the. Um. Can't not mention him, uh, David Ferry in JFK. Uh, I will be playing. I will be watching that. I usually watch it every year. It's around this time. So yes, I'll be watching JFK again. Casino uh, and the Irishman, obviously as recent. Um, I don't, Mel Gibson said on stage when asked, "Is Joe Pesci coming back?" He goes, "No, nah, I don't know. I've got to find him first. Uh, so I don't think he's going to come back. I think it's just going to. Uh, be he's he's retired. Uh, he it was amazing that he came back from the Irishman, but uh, yeah, apparently yeah. he's retired. It, it's not looking in good health at that, no. at that time. So, um, I would like to see him, but anyway, one more time. Patsy Kensit, not a lot. Absolute beginners. Oh, that's, that's yeah. all I had. No, I looked at her her bio too because she's so attractive. She is. And I was like, who is her manager? Because he failed miserably. She miserably. should have been in way more movies. Uh, you know, again, she's just so beautiful. It's, I, yeah. I just can't believe that her career was wasted. I mean, she did, like you said, she did have a lot of movies, but I'm nothing pretty sure good, that most good. people never seen them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a real shame because um, Amanda had a problem with her accent. Uh, and she said, oh, there's a lot of dodgy accents in this. And I said, well, not really. But I, I wasn't really noticing the, the accent as much every time she was on the screen. 
Now, um, was that was that supposed to be South African or was that yeah New Zealand? No, she's Dutch. Oh, she's Dutch. All she right. was Dutch. Yeah. Um. So that's why she didn't have any. I believe that's why she didn't have any skin in the game. With she didn't like the politics. She was just a lawyer that was was acting for them. Um. I mean, their accent slips. Mel Gibson's accent slips into Australian in this. And hers flips back into, I don't know, some form of posh British accent. But she um, she had a band at the time called, uh, she had a hit at the time uh, with a band called Eighth Wonder. It was her band. That's uh, worth checking out because they had a couple of hits, but the biggest one was called I'm Not Scared, which got to number one. That's Where? playing. Where, that's by put, you? Written by what? By you? Uh, it, it got to number one in, in the UK? Yes. And many yeah. other places, I think. It was very popular. Hmm. Just not the US, obviously, judging Probably, by your yeah. reaction. Because we like good music. Oh, yeah. I'd, but it's playing when Joe Pesci is clearing up Mel Gibson's trailer. Oh, really? Yeah, that's playing in the background. And I went, shameless plug. Yeah, see, now that for me, if I was to give it a 10, I would take 0.5 away for that. What, because it's got her song in it? Because it's a shameless plug. It's a good you know? song. I don't like that. Sorry. Oh, dear. Right. Well, moving on from Patsy Kensit to Joss Ackland. Joss Ackland's one of those, like, character actors. Yeah, you he know, plays you a good bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Like Shakespeare and, and, and all of that. You know, he's he's just he's just a good actor. But unfortunately, <laughs> his legacy might just be Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and The Mighty Ducks, both of which I like. I I don't know. No, no, I'm not going to spark a whole Emilio Estevez thing or Estevez. I'm not going to spark all of that again. What I'm going, I'm going to say is I love the Mighty Ducks. Well, I like the first movie. And yeah. The second movie was okay too. The second one was all right. Um, the series no, was, was dreadful. I, I I didn't watch the series. But don't ever don't ever even get mildly curious. I'm pretty sure most things on Disney Plus is dreadful. You know. <laughs> Original material, other than the Mandalorian, apart from Andor, um, yeah. Did you say apart from Andor? And 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 Andor. So you're saying that it's good? I, I am, yeah. I, All right, yeah. okay. All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I am, yeah. Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Uh, <laughs> no, I I will say no. Um, I was watching this movie and I was like, I know this guy. Was he the guy that was in Rambo part two? No. Know, like with, no. And I was like, no. nah, that's not him. But there's, you know, there's always bad guys that play the same roles. Yeah. And then I looked at his profile and I was like, oh, he was in uh, Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but I didn't realize he was in the Mighty Ducks. Uh, he played the guy that, that's, you know, uh, worked with the skates, right? Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. And, but I'll always remember him for this film. Um, anyway, on, onwards. Uh, Jeanette Goldstein. Uh, who, the, who the hell is that in this movie? She is one of the uh, cop, she's one of the cops, one of the team that they're on. But she's Vasquez from Aliens. Oh, is she? Yeah. I didn't know that. And she's also um, 
John Connor's foster mum in Terminator Two. Oh, she's okay. the one that she's the one that's on the phone and then puts the uh, the uh, because the T two is taking her over um, the T one T one thousand and skewers the guy with the milk still in his hand. Ah, that's interesting. That's a gold scene, yeah. And she's also in a film called Miracle Mile, which at this point I think I've said people should go and watch. Anthony Edwards, Denise Crosby, Jeanette Goldstein. Go and watch it. It's a great film. It's a great, great film. But equally, on the South African side, we have Mark Ralston, who is... Mark Ralston. Yes. Uh, 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 Tell me. He's Drake in in Aliens. Alongside Drake and Vasquez. They're just on opposite sides in this film. Yeah. Just too badass. I'm going to, I don't even remember Drake and aliens. What? Drake, Drake and Vasquez had the normally big holder, holstered guns attached to them. The big ones that they swung out in front. But they, but they weren't, uh, like buddies. Well, they were best buddies. They were. Oh, so that guy was, he was the one that did the, they die together? Like yeah. when she pulled the grenade? No. That was him? No. No. Uh, no. You're thinking that was the inept commander dies with her when she pulls all the right. grenade. Um, but yeah. I'm anyway, all right. I'll have to watch that and look for him. Uh, and lastly, I had Dean Norris, uh, who was in Breaking Bad, and he was the alien on Mars in Total Recall. Get your ass to Mars. Yeah, don't recall him too much. Ah, see what you did there, Joe. Very good. Very good. <laughs> right. Let's roll call. Have you got anything else? No, I do not. Okay, Other than well, Richard Donner, Superman oh, the movie. Well, yeah, come on. Yeah. Superman the movie, of which the that, that haunting... I've seen that bit now. I think I told you. I've seen the bit at the end of Black Hat. Sorry if I spoiled... Actually, no, it doesn't matter. You should have yeah, gone and seen it matter. by now. Yeah. Right, but when he appears at the end of Black Adam and you get that music, he's just like, you harken back and go, he's not the best Superman, but he's pretty good. He is pretty good. He is I, pretty I'd, good. I'd give him number two. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That Brandon Ruth. I'm joking. Uh, no, no, no. Joking. I'm okay. joking. I knew I'd get a reaction from you. It's fine. Yeah, of course. Anyway, Little Weapon 2 has an 82% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 77% uh, score uh, on for the audience. That is completely bizarre. I, well, I can't even imagine what the critics were like that were reviewing this film. Because... They're, they're back. You know, it's literally, they're back. That, that was, I read some of the critics' things and they're like, they've taken the magic and they've improved upon it. Which they did. I kind of feel like it's not a standalone movie. You know, that I mean, you have to know who those characters are, and you're just catching up with their lives. Not re- uh, it. It adds more to it if you have seen the first one, but it it kind of is standalone. You've got two buddies at the start. I mean, that's what I like. That's what I was going to say. What I like about this film is it doesn't mess around. It goes straight into the action. You are in the middle of a car chase, straight in the middle, and you're like, "This is how you open." This is how you open a, a film in the 80s. Get us straight in. No plodding around. 
I mean, God, films now take ages to get to it, to, to the point. And like, nope, Lethal Weapon 2 goes, I'm, we're going. Was lethal, I know I just seen that. Was Did Lethal Weapon 2, did it just start where it just showed the title and then it went right into the movie? Yes. Yeah, because I remember and, that and Riggs, was huge. Riggs is hitting the um, the top of the and screaming and hitting the top because um, he's in he, he loves a good car chase. Yeah, because that was huge back then because right. they never did that before. Yeah, where you know because usually like they have opening credits. You know, Star Wars also, but you never saw that in regular movies like that where yeah. it would just say Lethal Weapon two and then boom right to the action. But I think yeah. that they were one of the first to do that, and because uh, I remember talking about it when it came out. Um, but I got to say, though, I, I wasn't a fan of that card, Chase. What? I, well, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of the things in this movie. That's why I rated it so low. All right, let me, Go on. Let, me, let me ask you this. So. Go on. All right. Explain the whole plot of this movie to me, if you can. Uh, the plot is that the South Africans have to amass a fortune in order to um to to send the money back to uh keep presumably keep apartheid going why are they operating in the united states because there's more money to be made here uh, because you look at the embassy and the embassy look, looks like there's nothing more than a front for for bad you know for all the bad guys cuz later on you see the guy the embassy guy that was interviewing um Murtar <laughs> for for citizenship you see him appear on the boat and you're like oh pretty much the the whole embassy's been wiped out the whole south african contingent's gone so so was this i and i remember at the time like apartheid was a big thing but i really yes. wasn't following it okay. back in the 80s uh, and i was discussing it again with a friend of mine i was like was it really like that bad like do you did you learn that in your history books about well, how well we were kind of like we were kind of like living it were you how old yeah. were you back then do you recall what time what what time this film came out well yeah we were, yeah during our part it was about 17, and... oh, 17 when i saw this film oh, okay we right, knew you a part time was bad we knew that queen had played sun city and um you don't play sun city because it was off it was off limits Oh, I thought you meant Queen Elizabeth. I was like, no, can't picture her playing. Oh, Queen, Queen actually Queen, played Sun in Freddie Mercury. Yeah, wow. So, and, and they justified it and said, "Oh, we just bring music to the world." You know, music, music transcends politics and all this sort of thing. Yeah, Little Stevie from uh, Bruce Springsteen. He wrote that song. Not going to play Sun City. Uh, that's how we were notified about it. You that know? was an awful song. Uh, they played it a lot over here well i mean i will say it doesn't make it but it doesn't make it good joe no i will say it's not the greatest song but it got the message out <laughs> yeah it's like you better not play sun city well people did and you know for whatever reason for whatever choices they made um so I mean, I, just really quick so so the background for uh south africa yeah was it that you know, it was dominated by uh, uh, white leaders and uh, white residents living in Africa. Uh, yeah. So you had these, as far as I understand it, I mean, not that this gets into politics, but yeah, the uh, 
the the, the ruling class was predominantly white. Um, they were subjugating the the indigenous population. Well, not that they weren't, but the 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 black population, and you know, take running farms and basically pushing people into ghettos while they lived sort of lived the high life. But all of their places had to be gated because they had to live like like they're always under siege, despite the fact that they're in there. Um, I know it was a big thing. Um, I wasn't a fan because I'd been, my parents had brought me up to, this is probably going to get me into trouble. Um, my parents had brought me up to say, always look at things, don't take anything at face value. And one of the ones was Nelson Mandela. So when he was released, it was a big, huge thing. There was a walk up there, the BBC were there, everything, big fanfare. Um, but I'd been led to, been told about why he'd been put in prison. Now, how he'd been treated in prison was disgraceful, but why he was in prison was because, you know, he did a lot of bad things in order to get into that position. So he would have been classed as, you know, as, as uh, uh, I won't use the word because it'll probably get me banned, but a, no, a, dom- a domestic, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's why I'm, I, w- I was always puzzled when people go, oh, my dinner party, I'd like Nelson, Man- De- Ma- Nelson Mandela. I'd be like, no, no, I'd like a, I'd like Alan Alda. Um, Alan Alda. Yeah, I would, I would prefer Alan Alda. Can you imagine the stories he would have told, especially if Dad was at the table as well? Oh, God, we'd just sit there all night. Mind you, Dad would have made him large gins and he wouldn't have been able to speak after about two hours. So, But um, we would have got a good two hours out of him. Anyway, so yes. That that was the 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 context is that you are in they are dis- discovering this operation that's been going on for however long, but they are using the 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 embassy and the diplomatic status in order to get all of these funds and getting them all out, and the fact that this car chase um, has highlighted it all, I do find it really odd because. People don't recognize what a cute Krugerrand is. And people go, what's that accent? And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're cops. You should at least know what a South African accent sounds like. And they, they, they act as if they'd never heard it before. It's a bit like akin to saying, what's that Irish? Is that, I don't know what that is. Well, that's well, Irish. An American cop, I don't think, would know really? a South African accent. No. Because, I, I mean, I thought that girl... And you said she was Dutch in the movie. I, I thought she was was uh, New Zealand or Australia. Oh, okay. Um, and those guys, they sounded like they were Austrian. No, they uh, were. They were definitely South African. Okay. Well, again, we we. Live I think in they're a- pretty good accents, but I mean, what do I know? You know. Um, All right. So I'm sorry. For, you know, but I wanted to kind of set up. You know why these no, guys you're right, are bad because, guys? Because because. One of the critics on Rotten Tomatoes goes, where's the plot? And you're like, well, uh, it, it's 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 moving around all the time. It gets quite dark in places, this film. Um, I mean, the first one definitely did. But what I liked about this is in the first one, the, the relationship between Riggs and Murtar takes time. And at the end of it, he's like inviting him in for dinner. And he's like, you know, that when we join this film, before we even get to the family dynamics of how he's welcomed into the family and Trish is making him, you know, Bertar's wife's making him 
food and knows what he likes and does his laundry and all this sort of stuff. But one of the things that I picked up early on was when they're all betting on on who's going to catch the the bad guy. Mm. Um, and when they when they're all betting because they they just genuinely think that Riggs is driving. And when he goes Myrtle, he goes, no, 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 give me my money back. I mean, I, I, I never made that bet type thing. He's got the respect of his peers. He's got the respect of the office, which he didn't have in the first one. Remember, they're all looking at him shifty. He's he's dislocating his shoulder for, for money, you know, well, just for the, the heck of it. Um and I know that's and I know that's probably going a little bit forward, but I never saw that as a I, I saw other things as being as Mark Kermode would say, honk, big plot device, you know, we're introducing this because you'll need it later on. I genuinely saw the the, the getting out of the straitjacket by dislocating, which he does in Lethal Weapon 3 and 4, by the way. Um, I genuinely saw it as a, as a thing that he would do rather than you're going to kind of need it later in that way. But what mm. I would say is about this car chase is... Um, it's proper stunt drive. It's proper. Do you remember? Do you remember that, Joe? Do you remember stunt driving? Do you remember when when they close streets down and they do st- stuff like that? And now it's all green screened and computed in some basement somewhere. And you're like, oh god, can we just go back to that? So I meant to ask you, and I probably missed it. Where does it take place? The Lethal Weapon universe, Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles. Hmm. Um. You know what I, I really didn't like? Oh, all right. Well, we'll, well you know, with the car chase, hmm. one thing I, I noticed and I never noticed before is is the music, and I, and we didn't really bring this up before. Okay. So, I was like, this sounds a hell of a lot like Die Hard at times. It does, and that is because I, I covered this in Lethal Weapon One. So over to you. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's the same composer, and and I don't. His name doesn't sound familiar to me. Um, he's not John Williams, and he's not uh, Hans Zimmer. But uh, I guess he did movie for both of those uh, music for both of those movies. Hmm. But you know what? It also reminded me. Who was it again that did it? Not Michael. It wasn't. No, I never heard of the guy. You know, it's uh, like I said, he's not a well-known name like John Williams or Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Um, I can tell you in a second, it is uh, Michael Kamen. Right. So, but then I was like, this sounds like James Bond. And he <laughs> did License to Kill, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, three for but, three. But his music does not work in the James Bond universe. I hated that music in license to kill i mean it's great in die hard and it's pretty good in lethal weapon but i'd assume he didn't do the 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 trailer music right because <laughs> that's the one that's it's got like the i don't know if you would call I it don't drums think, because that that music that's been used in lethal weapon, i think that was the first time it was used but it's been used plenty of times before okay i think it was used in bird on and in fact i think shamelessly it was used in bird on a wire yeah, if I, if I had to put my uh, recollection, but anyway, I was I, I anyway I just want to point that out. But look at the look at the fast forwarding. So Rog invites him to the house. We've got renovations being done. You have the bit with the rivet gun. 
he tells everyone his daughter's in a commercial. The commercial turns out to be one for, well, I don't know, I don't know how do you, what do you call them? Johnny's? Prophylactics. Prophylactics. Con- condoms. condoms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, that was fun. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know what I, I don't get in this whole movie is that both sides, the good guys and the bad guys, they always try to outdo each other. So, like, if if one group attacks the other, the other group has to make things even worse for them the second time. And then – and they don't stop. Each side just does not stop. And I would think I, that in, in reality that would not happen. I would think that, like, if um, – you know – What's his name? Danny Glover. When first, when he's in bed with his wife and they tape him up, that'd be the end of that. That'd be the end of the movie. (laughs) You know, I don't think that they would go and pursue these guys anymore if they were that powerful. And, you know, and for Mel Gibson to kind of like go into the offices and, uh, you you know, shoot out the fish tank and all that, it's just going to anger them more and they're going to strike back harder. And he's doing it because of the racism. He's doing well, it because he's, you know, standing up and presumably because they eat tuna. But look at all the repercussions that occurred. All the cops died. His love interest died. They never had any idea that it was going to escalate to that level. What, the fact that they broke into Murtar's house, despite the fact that they, all they needed to do was walk through the cellophane. I mean, that was, that was, you know, that takes, you know, real ingenuity, doesn't it? There's no way of knowing by doing the next thing that it means that everyone's going to be wiped out at a poker game and swimming pool. And, you know, while they're hanging like Michael Keaton in Batman. They're hanging Michael Keaton in Batman. The guy, the first guy that gets killed, he gets a bullet through the head and he's, he's hanging in the upside down thing. He's with yeah. his, with the, with the clips on the top. So that he's, his head's at the bottom. Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Oh, you mean, oh, the guy who was doing, uh, he was hanging, uh, yes. doing exercises. Or, pre- or <laughs> pretending to be Michael Keaton. All right, maybe. Okay. All right. Um, but you've got the... I, I couldn't understand this, that Mel Gibson's part of the family, but yet Trish goes, but you never really talked about your wife's death. You never talked about Vicky's death. Um, and... You know, you get the, this speech thing afterwards where in, in the old one, he would have put a gun in his mouth because he was just ready to commit suicide. And, and every, he didn't he didn't fear death, which made him the cop that he was. It's because he didn't flinch away from anything. But I find it hard for them to, that him, that Trish didn't know anything about that. Well, but, I, you know, now he has something to live for, like with, his uh almost adoptive family yeah but it's never come up that's that's kind of weird yeah well this is a problem what i had is the writing is kind of all over the place Hmm. Uh, you know that it leads to the point where that south african guy tells him it's like oh yeah i killed your wife there's no way in hell that that could have happened no way in hell Again, that's a point away right there. Why? Why? How could they be tied? Why wouldn't it have happened? It would not. No, they were not responsible for the guy. Especially when he goes, Riggs? Martin Riggs? You're like, (laughs) okay. That's horrible script writing. 
you know, accent, it, no, that was a good accent. Thank I will you. say it's I've watched like, it enough times. When I closed my eyes, I was like, I thought he was in that room with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just Ferris and my new, um, so those watching on YouTube, uh, you'll get, you'll get this next bit. I've got my new back to the future poster. Uh, the one that's been. Oh, altered. nice. Um, Anyway, I will show it to you. Um, that is so cool. It's amazing. How many versions do you have? Uh, he did me two, two, uh, uh, two A3s and two, uh, and two A4s. Do you want an A4? It's a print. I think that uh, it is very possible, Charlie, that you are the only person in the world that wants to see Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. I want no, I want to I don't want him replaced. I want to see that version. I want put all the music and the gubbins next to it of the 70% that you filmed and let me see that. And I'll just be happy. And everything will be right with the world and you'll have righted the wrong to Eric Stoltz and given him his given him his chance. Right. I well that's well they did right. Topic. They did wrong him. He was a jerk though. They um, wrong. It doesn't matter. Look what we talked. And about. if he was a, and if he was a likable and more popular actor, we'd be seeing that movie. No, but it's because he wanted not... the movie to end in a certain way. And they no, didn't no, 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 no. I'm saying that we would be seeing the movie that you want to see today. Right. Like they would find, go out of their way to get all the pieces of the movie that they made and put it together. But nobody here really knows who he is, and nobody really likes him. I mean, over in the UK. In Charlie's neighborhood, there's a guy there that really likes him. <laughs> you know? Well, if I'm the only one, I don't know how I want to release this. Because as soon as I release it onto the world, I might get in trouble from the people that made the poster, despite the fact that the artist said he still kept the artist. Um, you just did. It. You just did, my friend. <laughs> well, yeah, but nobody's going to take a snapshot of that, are they? Yeah, good, good luck with that. It's going to be quite blurry, but still. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, you get this whole Marx Brothers things, which you had before, uh, where he watches the Marx Brothers and, and no, the Three Stooges. Oh, yeah, Three Stooges, sorry. Um, but then you're introduced to Leo Getz. Whatever you want, Leo Getz. A, a great character. It is, is, you know, I know he wasn't designed to be, as fast forward into trivia time, he wasn't designed to be in it as, as much. But they ended up liking the character and ended up expanding the character. And I guess that's why Leo goes along with them to everywhere, basically. Because um, he ends up doing that. But um, I do like that line that's from the trailer. How do I know there were cops? How do I know? When you shoot you through the door, you can examine the bullet. Um, it's good. But Joe Pesci is here to tell you how money laundering works. And he does that very well in case you didn't know. Cause I had no idea what money laundering was until I saw this. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm aware of it. I didn't, I think he's mostly there for comic relief if anything, but yeah, yeah. he does give a fairly good description of what money laundering is. He does. I, lo I love him getting mad in it because you see, you see the Joe Pesci that you kind of like, they F you at the drive in. They F you at the drive-in. That's true. <laughs> was it to me true? all the time. They don't now. Do they still do it now? Oh, they do, yeah. Really? I, I thought there's stuff against that now. With... And I never learn. 
<laughs> what's your home. what's your takeaway of choice? What's your drive-through of choice? Oh, it, uh, I actually get it for my mother. Um, it's uh, Jack McDonald's. in the Box, McDonald's, McDonald's. Yeah, but that's not my. I don't really like McDonald's. Um, what is Jack in the Box, by the way? It's hamburgers. Okay. Um, I don't know if they exist anymore. <laughs> to show but my I, do, I remember I remember going to Jack in the Box. Okay. But I think they were going to Subway in this movie. That's right. Subway, yeah. Yeah. We have Subway. Subway still exists. Yeah, yeah. We've got Subways. Nobody's, nobody goes in them. We do have them. I don't but, know why they're so popular, I, you know, but they are. Apparently. Well, because you can choose your own stuff. And I, I kind of get that. And I like that. But the Subways that they've got are just not really local enough to just go, oh, I'll just nip Subway for lunch. Um, but yeah, so they go and visit the house. They go and visit the house on stilts. Um, oh, that's another thing. So again, sorry. Go on. I don't know. So I told you the whole toilet thing, the whole toilet blowing up. There's no way in hell that that thing would remain intact after it flew like not as far as Indiana Jones refrigerator. Right. But maybe a quarter of the distance. It would be in little pieces. But the same goes for him putting the uh, uh the rope on the, the stilts and taking down the house. That would never have happened. That that car would fall apart, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah, I okay. think the rear end would, would pull that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that was ridiculous. There's a lot of little ridiculous things in there I just didn't like. The car chase is pretty good. Where it ends up with the surfboard coming coming through, the surfboard where the where the guy's head was when he was in the back of the car and it was on a on a tow. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. Oh, <laughs> I would have rather him chasing him in, in a car like the first scene. But I get uh, well, he uh, did that. that. That's a great line. The police operator and Riggs is chasing on foot. <laughs> He's not giving up. Um. But when they go back and revisit the house, obviously that's where you um, you learn they have di- diplomatic immunity. Um, uh, what does he say? Um, my friend, you couldn't even give me a parking ticket. And you're like, okay, I like that. I love that line. Um, what, are the, what are the repercussions then? I I, probably, I know I'm going all over the place, but no, 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 I, I, I expect nothing less from you, Joe. What are the repercussions that he killed that ambassador if he had diplomatic immunity? Uh, that he did it. He did it in self defense. That's the diplomatic immunity doesn't cover anything. You can't just go and shoot somebody. It just means that you have a level of cover whereby you know you'll never pay for a parking ticket, and there'll be a lot of things that you that you can't do. I think it's changed over the years from what it used to be. So we had a um, a police officer famously shot in the 80s called PC Yvonne Fletcher. And most people rec- remember what happened. Um, she was uh, outside the Libyan embassy and she was shot by somebody inside the Libyan embassy. Um, and the news had to cover the people going from the Libyan embassy with their diplomatic bags and out and the police couldn't touch them. Despite the fact that every police officer just wanted to just, oh, just at an all time low and they got on the plane and off they went. 
and you're like yeah so we were we were involved in diplomatic immunity before we saw lethal weapon despite the fact i didn't know money laundering but you 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 knew the the effects of it um so what would happen here i don't know they would have fabricated some story but i think the fact that you know riggs is lying in you know, a pool of his own blood shot several times um yeah it might be enough to well it's enough to get them off the because do you remember how lethal weapon three starts is that when the, the house blows up or the bomb the, the whole block the, the parking yeah. lot blows up yeah and they're demoted back to officers so they have to wear the officer's uniform again that was that was filmed around here all right okay all oh, right okay that's probably explains why i like it why i love it so much um uh but yeah so you've got the drive through subway which we talked about you've got rigs rigs stalking the ambassador um he's definitely got an icy glare he's got a good glare as as um mel gibson they you know he's he's quietly intimidating not like a paddington stare paddington stares are pretty bad but yeah i i again i, I guess i look too much i can't you know suspend spend disbelief it's like why wasn't the the government involved or the fbi or the cia or something like that why was it just like the 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 local police that were involved because then you would have had like you know interference like like danny glover had in predator 2 from gary Boosie and his and his team of special operatives that had to capture the predator despite the fact that, that, that they kept the lights on, but still, never mind. The lethal weapon link with the Predator movies. There we go. Yeah. Um, which I'd made on lethal weapon, so it wasn't anything new, but yeah. Um, we do get to the scene where, uh, the toilet scene, as you put it. But can I just point out that the, the bit where they're both talking and they're both chatting I think it's probably my one of my favorite bits in the film. No, that is very cool. I'll agree. Because he's kind of like, do you know what? They they're thrust together and you know, it's when the bomb disposal expert says Riggs out and Riggs just like gives him the Paddington stare again and you're like, okay. The Paddington stare. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's going to stay here and he's going to make sure it's done. Um I just loved it. And I, I genuinely felt that was a good scene. Yeah, I genuinely felt like um, that. That really was it was a good thing to put in there. Um, do you, Do you know what my big problem is with that scene, though? What's that? There's a hundred people in that house. There was no way in hell they would allow reporters in there. They, you know, uh, the fire department. They just had the bomb squad in there. They did not have so many <laughs> yeah, people. There's in loads that house. of people in there. And when they say to Oh, the psychiatrist, Gail Weathers from Die Hard. Um, uh, she she comes in and goes, "Oh, you know, I've seen I've seen a load of stuff." She turns the corner and she sees him on the toilet with a with a towel over, and she goes, "Oh my goodness!" I'm like, "What? You've never seen a guy on the toilet?" Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they ramp they ramp the thing. I did like the scene where um, Riggs enters the commands that entire room and ends up shooting the uh, fish tank that's a good scene that's that's a really good scene it's a good scene but again it's it's not believable when all of those guys have guns yeah you know well, and and he's got one gun big smile big and smile. and they have and they have diplomatic immunity 
So <laughs> he would have been dead. But then obviously we have to bring Patsy Kensit back into it. So he meets her at the grocery store, straight back to his house, straight into bed. And as, a, as attractive as she is, she's not too bright. What, to go what? Well, first working with uh, the South African embassy and also, yeah, you know. I, and then I, to I, put a job in jeopardy by going home with Riggs. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you, you know her boss doesn't like him. You know she doesn't like what the boss does because she's aware that he is doing some questionable deeds. It's it's kind of like that, you know, James Bond, like with uh, Goldfinger, you know, and the and the girl helping, you know, James Bond uh, screw over Goldfinger when he's playing cards. Yeah, yeah. You know. So yeah. We, you know, as attractive as that girl is, not too bright. I give her credit because that had to be her underwater. You know, that wasn't a dummy or anything like that. Mm. She should have got an Oscar nomination for playing a dead body. That was very <laughs> good. Well, the helicopter attack on Riggs is that that's that's really cool. The iconic bit that for those for those who watched on YouTube and the bit in the trailer where he's on the top of his own trailer and he's shooting and there's helicopters everywhere. You're like, I'm getting my fill. I'm getting my eighties action fill. This is great. This is wonderful. How can you go from the year before you go to Die Hard and then Lethal Weapon 2? And you're like, we are so looked after. In the late 80s, we were really looked after. But anyway. um, I got to complain again. (laughs) Go on. As good as Riggs is as a cop and for what he does, he's no James Bond and he's no John Rambo. But he he got decorated in in Vietnam. I, I, I just... I can't see him combat. taking down. He's, didn't didn't he take down the helicopter too? And that's he took down one of them. Yeah, I don't know. Either those guys are really horrible shots, or I I don't know. Joe, Joe. Sometimes I do wonder whether or not you can just take off that disbelief hat and just suspend it for the that's moment. That's true. I, no, I, you know, I, I mean, good point. You know, there's. I mean, the end, fine. If I tell you the end of Die Hard with a Vengeance, that's sure. dreadful, how the bad guy dies in that, right? And that just wouldn't happen. As much as I like Bruce Willis and the character John McClane, just never would happen. But equally, I would love Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's great. I'm oh, saying, oh, can I, know, can I, can I, while I'm thinking about it, sure. can I tell you, you're coming on the Christmas film with us. All four of us are going to do it. The Christmas well, film, we're going to do sometime in December. Uh, I I know what it is. Yes, you do, Joe. Okay. It's the airport, Joe. Yeah. We do Die Hard 2. Lightning Um, does, lightning doesn't, does, does strike twice. No, I was saying, you know, like with Mel Gibson, even if he got a bullet in his calf or something like that, or, you know, his hair is out of place or something, but it's, Yeah, I, I am being too critical on it. I will say, it, and like I said from the beginning, it's a fun movie to watch. But I, my older self, I guess, is just like he would have died twenty minutes into the film, you know. Well, um, I do have a problem with the fact that they both escape. Why does he drop her back at her house? And why does she stay? Because she's, like I said, she's not too bright. Well, no. Presumably, they 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 
cost her on the back of the neck like they cost him. And 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 also, this is another problem too. How many times have they had rigs where they could just kill him, and they don't kill him? You know, yeah, that's James like, Bond, isn't it? It's like, it is. It's like, you know, right then and there, that guy could have killed him. Like when he knocked him out, you know, right. like outside of her apartment. And it's like, no, we'll just bring him to the docks and I'll tell him the whole story about his wife. And then uh, still give him a chance to escape. Uh, but again, <laughs> you are right. I just need to suspend this belief. Um, but equally, I've just complained about the fact that the, the bad guys have seen that she's there. Uh, and so we'll go, oh, do you want to go to the house? Because he won't be stupid enough to drop. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Yeah. He's going to drop her back. But, but I guess my point is, like, you can watch a movie like Pulp Fiction, where he plans out all these things. And, like, he makes it like, yeah, there are going to be a lot of successes, but there's going to be a lot of failures in this movie, too. And a lot of people are going to die that you don't want to die. You know? Yes. And... All right, we'll we'll keep going because I don't want to spoil too much because I already spoiled. No, I well, we're nearly around. at the end, so now we've got, as you say, the the Rick's in full on revenge mode. Um, especially as he finds out just before he finds out Patsy Kensit's dead because he sees her underwater, and she's been weighed down. That the South African guy killed his killed his wife, which obviously you said could never happen, but it, it happened. Um. He then goes uh, back to the house on stilts, takes that out. Um, I, I love the fact. That, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a cop tonight, Rog. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good. He's out for vengeance. He's he's just going to go and wreak wreak his havoc. And why didn't they kill Joe Pesci? Because they were torturing him. You know what I found amusing too is like that guy in the beginning when he first comes back. And he's like, oh, that is my goal. <laughs> you know, and he's like, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I lost uh, $500,000 or a half a million dollars. That was considered a lot back then. You know, it's like now you look at it. And I think even like later, like when they were trying it went with the money that they had in, in the crate, it's like, oh, there must be a half a billion dollars in here. It's like, yeah, ain't so much. <laughs> You know? <laughs> so you guys should have just left things alone. That's still pretty good where they lock them in there and then these the cards get out, repel down, and you get that whole big scene. I love the fight between Riggs and the South African guy whose name escapes me. Um he came across as, uh, as a credible opponent. More yeah, so he, more so than a... Lethal Weapon 3, and, and probably, if I might say, more so than Gary Boosie. Yeah. No, I thought he was very good. He was very threatening. He he seemed very real. Yeah. Um, like he seemed like someone off the street, you know, as opposed to an actual actor. Yeah. And I did wonder if you were going to bring him up in roll call to see if he had any other roles in other movies. I did. Um, I did look. I didn't see anything that was that. that yeah. That, that came out. But oh, good for him. You know, he. Yeah. Despite the fact that he gets the container dropped on his head, I do. I do like that. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, you get Joss Ackland uh, shooting Bell Gibson many times, uh, and then Murtar cricking the old the old crick in his neck takes aim. You can't shoot me. Diplomatic immunity shoots him. What's the line, Joe? What is the line? It's just been revoked. 
Uh, see, I forgot. <laughs> I would have never, if you held a gun to my head. You already watched it yesterday. I know, but I forgot. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I completely forgot. I would never have come up with that line. I mean, go. it's a decent line, but I just great forgot. line. Absolutely, it's a uh, great line. But my problem again with this is, you know, Riggs should have died. Well, that's it's almost as if you knew where I was going to go when we talk about trivia, because that that may come up. Should we go into trivia time? Sure. Yeah, let's go into trivia time. Why not? Here's trivia time. Trivia time. Okay, so this is it. Uh, this is, I'm going to read some of these because I, my printer doesn't work, so I'm going to read a few uh, of the screen. So, did you know during production, Richard Donner was shocked when Mel Gibson confided he was drinking five pints of beer for breakfast? Despite his alcohol problems, Gibson was known for his professionalism and punctuality. Five pints. Five pints for breakfast. A, you think that's a lot? I, I I thought that was something you would have for breakfast. Well, I would, I, well if I was going to do anything the rest of the day, I wouldn't have five pints. It would All definitely right. affect you. I mean, you know, you'd be slurring your words a little. I thought you were going to say, well. Well, most American. people, when, when we go, if we're going out on a full-on um bender then six fifth yeah you lose count after a while <laughs> dude i remember talking to you one time you were at some festival and i says are you drunk and you're like no nah, i only had 13 points <laughs> yeah. by that time yeah i know no but you weren't drunk no totally loose yeah I, i'm unless pretty lucid you, unless you you know you you spaced it out well enough oh we one every half an hour <laughs> so yeah by that time, God knows what the final tally was, but well, I'm surprised that you, what surprises me with him drinking five pints, and is this something that he would have for breakfast every every day? day is how good he looked, you know, like yeah, uh, you know, like his body looked like it was in really good shape. I, I couldn't imagine if you had something like that for breakfast unless you know it exited you very quickly. There's always that line in Notting Hill where Julie Roberts talks about having a stunt double. And she goes, um, yeah, she goes, and he goes, you have a butt double? He says, yeah. He says, like Mel Gibson? She goes, oh, no. Um, Mel Gibson does his own ass work. And he says, why wouldn't you? I always remember that line from Notting Hill. I watched Four Weddings and a Funeral yesterday. Mm-hmm. Very good. Apart from Mandy McDowell, who's dreadful. Dreadful. Yeah, I never got her. Dreadful. <laughs> no, I never, never, no, absolutely. Um, more trivia. Uh, the scene where Mel Gibson attaches cables to the stilts and pulls it down cost over $500,000 to film. That's ridiculous. Well, you know, you still get the shot, though. Mm. Um, Leo's, okay, 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 shtick was based on Disneyland employees giving directions to guests at Fantasyland. Originally, Leo was going to be an effeminate character, but Joe Pesci didn't want to play him that way. He pitched the idea of making Leo all too eager to please, complete with his okay, okay ad libs to Richard Donner. Donner laughed and said, Do that, do more of that. The phrase is referred to in Home Alone by having the phrase okay plumbing painted on a van driven huh. by Harry. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But what, what was the connection to Fantasyland? It was said that it was based on Disneyland employees giving directions to guests at Fantasyland. So I assume it's like, okay, okay, okay. You have to go down there and then. Maybe they were like Valley girls that were working at Disneyland at, during the 80s. 
And they were like, okay, okay, okay. You know? <laughs> um when the the way to get was when they have the, the the bit with the pool where they jump out into the pool, mm. um, you can see Nakatomi Plaza in the background. Oh, Die Hard, yeah. yeah. Are, are they connected? Are, you know these movies. The, well, yes, because it's always been held that because they because they're being because they're in the same location that these two characters existed at the same time. But it's a well-known fact that Mel Gibson was offered Die Hard and Lethal Weapon was offered to Bruce Willis. Why did not we not have a team-up movie between those two characters? Look at that. What a that, waste. I mean, no. that would just print money. You know, that's just that ridiculous. $2, two billion dollar film at that time. It just would have gone through the... Through the, uh, um, the I never understood why they didn't do Alien and Predator with... Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sigourney Weaver. That that would have been pretty cool. That would have been very good, apart from the dross that we got. Um, although many people thought the script was brilliant, Warner Brothers and producers, including Silver and director Richard Donner, disagreed with uh, Shane Black's decision, who wrote the uh, uh, first first draft, to kill off Riggs' character in the ending because they wanted to keep him alive for future sequels. They also thought that his script was way too bloody and dark and they wanted a lighter, more comedic script while their draft was completely serious and it focused more on courage and heroics. Like Riggs coming from full circle, from the way he was in the first film, how his relationship with the family and Murtagh's family brought into life, into the real world, helping him to let his guard down and accept the love of real people. So in Black's version of the script... It's the very love that makes Riggs willing to die to protect them. That was his script. That was the thing. But they went, no, 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 no. We can't have that. He's got to die. We've got to make three and four. Um, yeah, I, that kind of reminds me of of Rambo because the character in the book died, uh, mm. you know, in the in the original story. And they're like, well, no, nah, we don't want to kill him off. You know, we can make all these sequels. I think even Rocky was supposed to die at some point. And they're like... Well, look at he all did, the money. He did, Joe. He died in Rocky Five. <laughs> he came back from the dead in Rocky Six. <laughs> Rocky Balboa. No, I meant his career died in Rocky Five. Anyway, yeah. um, the prop, the Beretta that Mel Gibson uses in the film is the exact same prop gun that he'd use in Lethal Weapon 3 and 4, but it's the very same prop gun. From Die Hard, Die Hard 2, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, the exact geez. same gun. What a sin. You know, again, know, well, those, know, they didn't just, combine those franchises. It over. Can, can we nick the Beretta? Because uh, Mel Gibson wants it. Well, Bruce is good. Well, all right, okay. As long as you check it back in, you know. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. The um, Lethal Weapon 2 was the most successful one. Uh, it uh, got 147.7 million domestically um i don't know what it had uh worldwide but i can imagine it was quite big um the alternate ending to the movie featured the thanksgiving dinner at the murtagh house which is attended both both riggs and rika so by patsy kensett um richard donner later decided that rika should be killed to, to further fuel riggs hatred of the south africans so with rika dead this entire ending had to be scrapped the ending was filmed prior to filming some of the other scenes, including most of the second half. So another reason why the ending wasn't used is because Riggs, 
the filmmakers weren't sure whether Riggs is going to live or die at the end of the film. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say like she was a ghost. <laughs> I see. I see dead. I see dead lawyers eating eating turkey. Um, <laughs> no, it's a sin that they killed her off because I think she would have been a really good love interest. I was not. She'd a, be great in three. Yeah. Not I like a, no, I just was really not like Renny Russo. Her. Like I said, you know, it's like sometimes when you go to see a movie, if you, if the character isn't that strong, just give me something good to look at. You know. Uh, you get nine. Uh, do I? You get a strong character in Renny Russo, but. No, I didn't. I didn't see her as a uh, yeah, as the foil. Uh, speaking of that, Patsy Kenzie claimed the sex scene was great, but also kind of disappointing. While she had to strip totally naked for the scene, steady on everyone. Mel Gibson was allowed to keep some things to himself. He, she confessed when we did a love scene, I was butt naked, but he had his modesty pouch thing, so I didn't see it and I didn't look. But he was such a great kisser. She says, "Imagine getting a compliment like that." Patsy Kensit goes, oh, you're a great kisser. Pretty much. <laughs> you just sit back and enjoy the rest of your life because you're not going to... Uh, yeah, what you- an idiot. And look who he married. <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh, uh, I don't know. But no, I, I don't think that's right, though. I mean, that they're like, well, you got to be naked. Oh, he can wear a sock if he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Anyway, that's it for trivia. That's it. That's what we got. Not bad for us. An hour and what? No, yeah. yeah. Hour two hours for sure. An hour and a half. No, no, I think we're an hour and a half. That's like... Oh, um, I had something to... Uh, uh, sorry, regular listeners. I know we might... I don't think we talked about sandwiches. I talk about American food and how bad it is on Joe's podcast, um, including Cheese Whiz. Um, so what's going on with Hamburger Helper? What are you right. talking about? It, it, There's I mean, a thing called Hamburger Helper. No, I know about it, but was it in the movie? No, 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 it wasn't. But I just thought about it. So I might as well just bring it up with you. Oh, no, I thought that looked like crap. I never used it. But Hamburger Helper to me is how to make how to make a hamburger. But it's it's not. It's like seasoning and stuff. It's a very weird concept. It doesn't help you make anything. It makes it for you. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll agree with you there. Oh, there we go. See, Fedra, if you're listening to this, strike one for the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> they don't put, by the way, everyone listening, please go and listen, but they don't put butter on sandwiches, on bread to make sandwiches. I Well, yeah, we don't. I, it just doesn't it's, make any sense. So uh, um, the, that crisp sandwich is going to be... Ooh, Drier than the Sahara. There are other people other than you that have crisp sandwiches. The crisp sandwich is a staple over here. Crisp, so it's like it like uh, not French fries, potato chips on a on, on yeah, a piece I of mean, bread. If That's you re- crazy. If you really want to a a challenge, you make one out of. Do you get do you get French fries as in the, the snack French fries? Yeah, it's a long piece of long piece of a potato. Long piece of potato. Yeah. That's challenging to make a crisp sandwich out of that because that can puncture the bread in all many different types of ways. So pretty much you have to have it flat, crisps, to make a proper crisp sandwich. Couldn't do it with quavers or or things like that. But then you don't yeah. have quavers. Cheese curls. Yeah. Uh, well, 
that's nice that you guys like it. I mean, I, I'd, I'd probably like it, but um, I wouldn't put butter in it. You, know? you want to have a crisp sandwich? Why don't you just for me, right? Even though I've got to thank you for doing stepping in and doing the podcast. Go, go, go and get some. Go and get some bar, milk it in the microwave because you probably keep it in the freezer. I don't know, some bizarre like that. Right, so melt it so that you can put it on two slices of bread. Get some Lay's or whatever you have out there and make a crisp sandwich. Bite into happening. it. Bite into it and tell me that's like one of the greatest things you've oh, ever had. So do you put Doritos in a sandwich? Uh, not really, but if you... Have you got like cheese and onion crisps or salt and vinegar crisps? Oh, you don't do salt yeah. and vinegar, do you? Well, I well not necessarily me, but yeah, they do have they exist here. Oh, in this get country. salt vinegar, Chris. Do that. No, that ain't happening. Go um, on, man. For me, uh, I I don't understand. You guys always seem so sophisticated. We are, uh, it's, yeah. Other than soccer hooligans, but uh, I, I we I, don't have see, them you know, anymore. I could see them eating that stuff. I can't picture you eating that stuff. Like no, because I know you have tea. Tea time is well, no, tea time. Is it, is it like we all o'clock? stop to some imaginary sort of like at whistle 4, 4 at a factory where we all stop and go right. It's down tools, everyone. It's time for it. Time you for do. some Earl Grey. Yeah, you're not kidding. You you really do. No, we don't. No, dude. I, I there have been times I've done a podcast with you and you you would say I have to go. It's tea time. Yeah, so, dinner as in food. Oh, so tea time isn't really tea. No, it's, you it's go food? from a tea. It means oh, I'm going okay. for a. Fish finger sandwich or steak and kidney pie. I don't know what you want to generalize with. Tea steak time. You say dinner. T- oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I'd never survive joy. there. I it's would never survive there. Well, if you come over, Joe, you're not having any. You're not allowed to eat American stuff. If you're on holiday, live like the locals do, and pay overpriced for fish and chips and things like that. All right. Curry, <laughs> curry. That we'll great British. We'll that see. great British dish. But anyway. Um, so, uh, hopefully we're all back, I think for the next one. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but we're all going to be back. That'll be news to Dom who's listening going, oh, cheers. When was he going to invite me? Probably I'm going to invite you before you actually listen to this podcast by the time I've edited it. So, um, I don't know what we're doing. Um, it's a sequel. I don't know. Maybe I should just like randomly pick somebody to, to pick the next one. Um, I don't know. We'll find some democratic way, um, like the like the democracy going on in your uh, in your country at the moment, Joe, with the mm-hmm. midterms tomorrow. The red wave, I hear. Hope um, so. Well, we'll see. I hope so. Anyway, I probably alienated half my audience, so I'm going to go. Um, anyway, Joe, pleasure. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, I uh, host a podcast over at wdw news today and uh they basically are a site that um caters to fans of disney theme parks and universal theme parks but what we do in our podcast is we talk about marvel star wars uh dc and uh, many other things and we have a lot of fun and charlie has been on a couple of times he's uh like the fifth beetle at times although we only have three people on it you know um but no we we do we have a really good time and uh you know if if you guys are interested in that and you want to hear more of me a more diverse cast of uh, opinions (laughs) (laughs) we'll just call it that yeah you know you could uh check us out 
if you want to watch along and and go back to the earlier episodes and and you really, really, really want to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then watch that and then listen to us because I think we had a lot of fun doing that because it was dreadful. Well, that that seems like ages ago. It does. Thankfully, a long time ago. Disney Plus hasn't gotten any better. No, (laughs) it's got slightly worse. She-Hulk. Anyway, um, a pleasure, Joe. Thank you very much. Appreciate you stepping in, man. Oh, my pleasure as always. So anyway, I will say cheerio. I'm not off. T- I am. A, I am actually off for tea. I'm off for a cup of tea now, but not a slice no. of cake or a cucumber sandwich or whatever else you think that I'm going to be. Doing I mean, are you serious now? So you're not having dinner. You're actually having tea. I'm going to have a cup of tea. Yeah, I've, had, right. tea, okay. I've had tea, and now I'm going for a cup of tea. Okay. Well, okay. you enjoy that. I, I actually have new tea bags. They're 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 supposed to taste like biscuits dunked in tea. Because tea tastes different when you dunk biscuits in, um, and then sometimes the t- the tea is so hot it just causes the, the 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 biscuit to break off. So you've got to fish the biscuit out of your tea, and they've made a tea f- a flavour of tea that tastes like the, when the biscuit's been dunked. It's good. <laughs> it's good stuff. See, this is why we haven't colonised the moon because we got our best minds working on. Working <laughs> I was on thinking this. of that that Alan Partridge episode. Where uh, Michael gives uh, him a a cup of beans, and he goes, "Do you have a spoon?" And he's like, "He goes, no, but I got sauce. You use a spoon." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not going for a cup of beans. I go for a cup of tea. So I'm going to say cheerio, everyone, and I will say see you. Cheers, bye. <laughs>